0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, February 27th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 11, the third paragraph that starts with, But my friend sat before me and we're going to read and share on just that one paragraph. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, February 26th, are the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,592, 12592, and the 10 a.m. meeting Eastern Time yesterday, 12,593, 12593. Uh, Excuse me. I'm going to ask Patty F. to read the 12 steps for us.
1: Hi, this is Patty F. in Massachusetts. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves five admitted to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs six were entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of character seven humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to prove our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsible readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Patty F. And now, Alana M., will you read the traditions for us?
2: Uh, Yes. Hi. Thanks, Penny. Um, Alana M. here, Grateful Recovering compulsive Reader from Ottawa, Canada. These are our traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern.
0: as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 11 on the third paragraph in Bill's story, the paragraph that begins with, but my friend sat before me. And I'm going to ask Pete B., to get us started by reading that paragraph and sharing. Good morning, Pete.
4: Good morning, Penny. Can you hear me okay?
0: Oh, sure, Ken.
4: Uh, My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting, Penny. You always do such a great job. Thanks for your service. But my friend sat before me and he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself his human will had failed doctors had pronounced him incurable society was about to lock him up like myself he admitted complete defeat then he had in effect been raised from the dead suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known <clears throat> that's a pretty heavy paragraph you know it's uh What I find interesting about Bill's story, and, um, you know, I don't know if when the book was written, if Abby was able to verify the conversation and this and, and, and the part of what went down, right? And perhaps one of our historians or somebody, you know, with more knowledge can explain that. But, you know, really, when you think about it, like Bill is recalling this experience and the only person sober in this conversation is Abby and Bill's writing about the experience and i don't know about you or i don't know about bill but you know most of what went on when i was drinking uh the only reason i know about it is because somebody else told me about it right like like I, i always recalled facts completely incorrectly right my assessment of the conversations always were were very different than the actual conversation because my mind was always so I was out of my mind, right, you know, but uh, what I find interesting about this paragraph is this: is my friend made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself, right? He didn't mince words, he didn't, he didn't, he was, he didn't subtly mention, you know, that it could be a power or he could, it could be good orderly direction. He said God had done for him what he could not do for himself. And I've hear, I've heard oftentimes in many meetings and people have said that, you know, if I was approached in this way, I don't know where I would have gone, right? It, it, it goes on to say that, that doctors had pronounced him incurable, right? Like, so if I have this condition that Bill has, right, and I'm incurable, well, where am I going to go? Weight watchers, right? You know, another pay and way, right? Like, I have an incurable condition. Like, you know, what? where do you turn? Do you just continue with incomprehensible demoralization till eventually you admit complete defeat bill bill knew ebby bill ebby was an example of how this miserable drunk could be transformed into this stand-up human being right he he could relate he knew that ebby had the same experience he knew that Evie didn't have power, and Bill knew that he that he didn't have power, and they, they, they came to the conclusion that there had to be a power greater than themselves, themselves that was going to restore them to sanity, that was going to keep them from picking up these substances that were causing them all of this grief and incomprehensible demoralization. And i, it, it, I it, it's very, it's very important. Like with, with this, what this calls out this entire, this entire paragraph calls out is that the, the tremendous power of example that we all have. We have the, the, we have the ability to be a good example of how working this program could, could transform our lives into being the kind of person that the God of our understanding would have us be. And it's not, and and we're not, we're not saving anybody, any grief. We're not, we're not, we're we're not, you know, um, you're not helping folks by mincing words that this condition, this Pete, fatal, that, incurable. Is that time? It is, Pete. Finish, finish your that sentence. That <laughs> this fatal, incurable condition can be relieved by
0: a power greater than itself. And there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now, and that'll pass. Thank you for that sharing, Pete. Thank you very much. Okay, now I'm going to ask all of anyone who wants to share, who hasn't shared in the last day or two, to help me out by saying your name once and trusting that I'm going to write down as many names as I can decipher. So Please who would like to I- Nancy, yeah. T- G- C, Larry,
5: Anna, Nancy, Nancy, G- G-
0: G- G- O. Okay, all I have is Nancy and Larry.
6: Rowan G. G. Donna,
7: G. G. Barbara, Camilla, G, Reggie, O, Jane,
6: D. Okay, let's let's
0: stop there. Okay, and um, please give me your initial of your last name when you when you speak. So I have Nancy, Camilla, Larry, Donna, Reggie, and Jane. So, Nancy, would you get us started? And, and, again, please remember to give me the initial of your last name when you share.
8: Sure. Nancy P. is in Peter from Boston.
0: Um, Good morning.
8: Nancy. Good morning. Thanks for your service, and thanks, Pete B., for yours. Awesome. So the thing about this, I was looking at this paragraph. I had a minute to actually take out my book and contemplate it and read it, read along and um and um, what I see here is, more than anything else, and this is just for me, is um, where it says, he had an effect and raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap, scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. So, so that says, to, tells me that the precious gift that he's been given is hope. And, um, you know, the, the, as Bill says elsewhere, you know, the body can take all this. You know distress and has endured that for several more years um and the same with me i mean i i was hopeless i was absolutely hopeless and you know i'd rather be dead than without hope and and in fact i did wish that i was dead and this program when i finally surrendered um you know it only hurts till you surrender (laughs) i mean it doesn't hurt anymore after that and when i finally surrendered the gift that I got wasn't that my life instantly changed. It didn't. It took, you know, a while. Um, but I had hope. And that was like being injected with, you know, vitamin D. I mean, I was just suddenly inflated again from being deflated. And I was suddenly, you know, um, able. I had some energy. I had some, some um, the ability to, to, to move, you know, like a, a body at rest stays at rest and a body in motion stays in motion i was i had been not so much at rest but i was stock still and i couldn't move and you know my eating was at the point where i couldn't do anything except eat and when i when i finally surrendered um you know it was after my last debauch i had been in my car sticky covered with sugar and crying and um and when I called into vision, and, you know, it's not about vision. It's about surrendering. But, you know, that that was my path to get to surrender. When I finally called the number and surrendered, suddenly I was reborn. And, um, you know, it's hard work being born. So, you know, now I'm in motion. Now I stay in motion. Now I have hope. And um, it's the most marvelous thing to have hope, um, especially when I remember so acutely having none at all. And um, the last thing that I'll say is that, um, you know, no, you know what, I think I'll pass. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy P. And now Carmela G.
9: Good morning. Thank you so much, Penny, for your service. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. God was doing for me what I could not do for myself for 67 years. What a miracle. I always had God in my life, just like Bill. I was not an atheist. But I was always in his way. He was always doing things, and I was always missing the signal because I was too busy. Hopeless? Yes, I was hopeless. I surrendered. I surrendered to the fact that I surrendered to food. I said, okay, so I'm old. I'll just eat and die. That's it. It doesn't matter. And that's the way I was living my life. And it was only that God intervened. And gave me an illness that was going to kill me. And it was besides compulsive overeating. That illness was killing me slowly. This illness was going to kill me rapidly. And it was through having this illness that I realized I didn't want to die. It was like a light bulb went on. I thought I had a good life, but... It was a willful life today through this program and through the gift of sitting in a face-to-face meeting and have, and my honesty of saying, I read this book, but I don't know what it's talking about. I don't understand this big book. And someone slipped me a paper with a Vision for You's phone number and website on it. You know, I never saw that person again at that meeting. God is acting in my life every day if I just surrender to him. And even when the going gets tough and life gets real tough sometimes, he's there. And if I surrender completely and willingly, he directs me. And it is such a gift. And yes, I am living in my seven decades at at the age of seventy three, doing things that I never would believe I would do, and feeling the love of God. A perfect being loves me with all of my defects of character. And accepts me. And that is a gift that I could never have found in any other way but to follow the path. Thanks for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you so much, Kamala G. And I think we have Chicago checking in now.
5: Larry? Hey, Penny. What's up, Boston? How are you? Thank you, Penny, for your service. Um, Larry K is in cuckoo, it's spelled with a K. Um, so I, I'm going to focus on, uh, his human will had failed. And, you know, I can't really tell you the date that I finally realized that trying to live, um, a spiritual life on my own was just an exercise in futility. It was, it was impossible for me to do that because self, you know, we learned that self propulsion only results in feeding our ego. And, you know, I tried that again and again. And, my human will failed utterly. See, each of us has to, to get to that place of complete defeat. And we see Bill here getting closer here to that place of complete defeat before, you know, God comes crashing through the gates of pride and ego and will. And that's what happened um, to me. And that's what's happening to Bill. In fact, that's the whole essence of the, 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 the steps to produce that change by which each of us um, can get to that place, and you know, I think of a, a baby. A baby isn't born with pride. You know, we learn that that pride along the way, and and once I become immersed in self-will, you know, then my pride cannot be restrained by self-will. My self-will can't can't restrain my self-will. But but the nice thing is, and I think we'll see this with Bill, is is the ego begins to disappear. It begins to dissipate when. His awareness is given over in a sustained way to another, whether it's a higher power or another person. My thinking doesn't stop. You know, I'm a thinking person. It doesn't stop. But I stop thinking about myself. And we'll see that with Bill. And it reminds me of like a, I don't play the guitar, but, I, you know, someone that plays the guitar or any instrument, that, that instrument needs to be tuned, you know, to produce a pure pitch. I need God to retune me. And if the strings are too tight, well, you know, the sound is off. If the strings are too loose, the sound is same thing. Sound is off. But when somehow when the strings are of the instrument are neither too tight or they're or they're too loose, well, then the instrument can play well. And it needs constant refinement. When I try to respond to this, you know, divine pressure by trying to preserve my willpower by trying to control. My environment, it failed to progress every time, and I continued to pick up over and over again. And I would dig my heels in the ground, and I would become more stubborn in my desire to just grasp this thing rather than allow this thing to come in. But when I I responded positively to God's, you know, this breaking process, it's a breaking process, yielding to his will. I became less consumed and distracted by my own self-will. I think that's what's, what I learned from Bill here. And here's the cool thing. We have a way of life. There's my timer, Penny. But we have a way of life where the instrument gets tuned on a daily basis. That's the great thing about this program. Thanks, Penny. I pass.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. And next we have Donna.
10: Hi, this is Donna G um, from Pennsylvania. Thank you for your service today, Penny. Um, I love this reading today because um, it's actually been um, about three months since I have begun working the steps and um, daily, just about. I've only missed a couple, been on this line, and um, I. Have been asked. The weight is dropping off. Um, I have been asked over and over again, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I really don't know how to answer because I don't. I don't feel comfortable with a lot of folks going into sharing with them um, that I'm in OA quite yet. So, actually, what I keep saying is, um, "Well, God is doing for me what I'm not able to do myself," and. Um, So I just really love this reading because that's how how I'm saying it. And I have a a sister who's in recovery in another program and she said, those who are in 12-step will know what you're talking about. Um, But it's so true. And I came into the program having lost a very large amount of weight um, in a uh, pay and weigh program. And um, I really believed and I still have days where I think, oh, maybe it's just that I finally got the right meal plan. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it's not just the weight. It's so many things that I'm not able to do myself that God is doing um, the change in the in the way I deal with life, and so and the the obsession. Um, the reason I came into the program, the reason I surrendered, is I do have a life-threatening disease. Um, I had lost a lot of weight, and then I hit a brick wall. And my own will um, in that program, it just it wasn't working anymore. Um, so God took over when I let him take over when I surrendered. And he is doing for me what I can do for myself. And uh, any time I doubt that and think, oh, maybe it's just that I finally got the right meal plan, um, I look at the other ways that um, I'm changing, and especially the obsession, the obsession of the mind, to pick up to begin with the neutrality I have. I've never had that my entire life, never, not on a sustained level, never. And, um, you know, I'm going to be soon, and that's a long time to never have that. Um, so I just i love the reading, and I want to encourage all the newcomers to um, – keep doing what you're doing, keep surrendering. Um, you know, God will do for you what you can't do for yourself. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Donna. And will you tell me the initial of your last name once more?
10: It's Donna G.
0: Donna G. Thank you so much. Okay. Reggie, your turn.
6: Hey, thanks. Thanks, Penny. Thanks so much for your service this morning. And uh, this is Reggie O in uh, Woodland Hills, just outside California, uh, just outside Los Angeles. And uh, you know, I'm just so grateful. God's been waking me up these days at like three and three thirty. That's why you're hearing me. And it's it's not my it's not my will doing that or my alarm clock. But I'm really grateful to be here with all of you all. And um, you know, gosh, what's I, I'm thinking about? You know. Uh, early on when when ebby uh, showed up at bill's door you know there was something about his eyes bill said fresh skinned and glowing he was he was inexplicably different and so bill actually you know bill saw bill saw the proof he saw it he saw it before he heard it before he heard how it happened so I, you know i think that's pretty powerful um, and, and, and Bill is saying here, you know, that uh, he this power had him, right? He was talking about devil and boss universal beforehand, and I've heard that called the lower power. But I'll tell you, in my experience, that lower power is a is a pretty huge power when I'm not connected to the big one. But he said then, you know, God had done for him what he could not do for himself. You know, this, this higher power that Bill spent a lot of time kind of coming to terms with in this process. Um, his human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Well, you know, doctors didn't pronounce this incurable for me, my life pronounced this incurable my experience pronounced this incurable you know over over decades of my life I can't believe how strong my will had been you know my ego had been uh, as I have I'm a chronic relapse or having been early in program many years ago recovered once before for a considerable period of time and I went out and boy it's taken me an amazing uh, amazing things to get back but amazing god and amazing this program his human will had failed uh like myself he had completed admit uh he had admitted complete defeat you know and that's the step one i mean that's what we do in step one and i i think it uh you know i get i get that it's complete defeat for me um uh, that i have to admit before i can really you know continue my it doesn't work my human will doesn't work um God's always there, but I don't have access. I don't have the connection, you know, and when I, when I can am able to remove through the work of these steps and this first one admitting complete defeat, uh, boy, then, you know, God, the work, the work that's always happening through my higher power, you know, that lives deep within me as Bill talks about later on, then it gets to, it gets to work in my life. And, you know, um, as, Ebby, uh, Bill's talking about Ebby, he's seen it. He has been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And it's, uh, it's totally amazing, you know, and for me that life is, uh, I think talked about in a few, next couple of paragraphs, but it's like not trying to live in my head and control and thinking I have to do everything. That is such a burden, you know, and I can just let the burden go and give it over to where it belongs to a higher power and follow that to the best of my ability. Um, it is a level of life better than, it is this day, you know, better of life, uh, a way of life better than I have ever known. So grateful to be here with you all early this morning, and I'll pass. Thank you, Reggio. And now Jane. Jane, you're up.
7: Hi, this is Jane D. D is in dog. Um, I am so grateful for this group and this this meeting. I'm new. Um, I have 28 years clean and sober in AA, And I used to be an OA um, years ago, and two days ago, I really hit bottom. And I love what everybody's shared. Nancy P., I would love to connect with you. Um, I have a huge relationship with my higher power, and this meeting today is reminding me yet again, uh, I just need to be praying more and turning it over um, your will, not mine, be done. And um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. But what Nancy P. and some others shared, it was like, yeah, I just wanted to die. I didn't care. I've been eating out of control. I just turned 65. Um, I totally changed my life um, of 20 years and sold everything and moved home. And... um um, uh, I just have to keep putting out there. I was feeling hopeless and someone turned me on to this meeting and now I feel hopeful. Yesterday was my first day of of abstinence and I'm not sure I did great. (laughs) I think I did. Um, I emptied my house of absolutely everything that could be a temptation. Um, I need help. If anyone um you know, I guess there's a point, I'm not sure what the format totally is of this meeting. Um and um I have the big book, I read the big book. I'm curious what other books for this meeting or this group I should get. It just dawned on me Bill's story I we read from, so I probably should get that. And I'm so I'm so grateful, but I may newcomer right now today in OA, and, um, and it's hard. I really need help. So this group is fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for your service and for being here, and please help me learn. Please help me stay abstinent, but to learn this program. What is the vision program, because um, I like it a lot, and I'm very grateful. Um,
0: Thanks. Pass. Thank you, Jane D. And just to let everybody know, um, on the second hour at approximately 10 minutes before 9 Eastern Time, there will be an opportunity. Sponsors will give their names and then an opportunity to ask for outreach. So, Jane, just hang in there if you can. All right. Another reminder that we read today on page 11 in Bill's story, the third paragraph that starts with, but my friend sat before me, and we're sharing on what that paragraph in the big book means to us. So if you would um, take our second group of names and just... Uh,
11: Barbara, Barbara, Janice, okay, have
0: two. Ch- And Janice. Katie T. Katie T. Shannon. Did
12: you get Melissa C? Who was that? Did you get Melissa C?
0: Sorry, two came in at once. Melissa C? Melissa C, is it?
13: Yes, thank you. Okay. Robin
0: T. And Robin P. That's it for this ground. All right, here's who I have. Charles H, Barbara E, Janice PM, Katie T, Melissa C, and Robin P. Go ahead, Charles. Welcome.
14: Thank you, Penny, for your service. Charles H. a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I like that. I want to zero in on where it says raised from the dead. Um, there's so many references um um from the bible and from the big book that says it only take 3 days you know a couple of days a few days to be raised from the dead um but for me i had to be spiritually dead um to actually realize that i'm dead you know what i realized that every day i died to my old self died to my old man um so i could be renewed and reborn every single day I mean, you could you could you could you could take a look at this book, um, and see the references in in chapter eleven, bankruptcy, a vision for you. Um, you could look that Bill D, Alcoholics Number Three, um, on the third day gave his life to to something greater than himself. You know, um, <clears throat> sometimes it takes many of us years and years to realize that we're spiritually bankrupt. You know, it took me a long time. You know. Uh, you know, and, and another thing that's so liberating, you know, and I'm going to leave some time on the clock because I love to hear you guys. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it really, you're liberated. When, when, when you got to worry when they stop talking about you. I love the fact that people are talking about this great OA Big Book meeting. When they stop talking about it, that's when I get worried. I love it, negative or positive. And I accept it, and it's so liberating. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Child Age. And now, Barbara E., your turn.
11: Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey, and welcome, Jane D. Keep coming back. It really works. Well, take what you want and leave the rest. So I did. I embraced the tools in step one. I said yes to step two and three, but I didn't really believe in a God or that I needed one. I was white knuckling my abstinence, worried that one day I'd go back into the excessive food and regain my 130 pounds. I took my six different sized clothes to the dry cleaners and then put them downstairs in the theater closet just in case I needed them again. I was not peaceful or serene or non judgmental. I still thought self-knowledge and the daily call to my food sponsor was enough. I was wrong. Every time I thought I'd hit rock bottom, I was wrong. There were many rock bottoms for me. Leaving the kids alone so I could drive to the store, that surely had to be rock bottom. But it wasn't. Leaving the cart in the supermarket because I was in too much physical pain to continue walking. No, Not yet. Waddling through Italy with washcloths taped to my aching, sore thighs. Nope. The lawn chair collapsing under me when I sat down. Getting stopped by the police for erratic driving. Almost losing my eyesight. Not yet. Finally, I did hit rock bottom. It was when I had to transfer from the school I had worked at for so long to another school because I could no longer climb the stairs all day. For some reason, that was it. I had no fight left in me. I mentally said, I give up. This disease has me licked. I'm gonna die. I was finally desperate enough to accept that I truly needed some outside power source if I was to survive. I had never believed that I had put my reliance on a higher power. I couldn't yet say God. And whatever it was that was not me would always be there for me? I don't know. I was wrong about that too. My God, and I now feel comfortable saying God, is always there for me. I began praying and meditating every day. I began to cease isolating and started to make phone calls to others to share my weaknesses and fear. I love this passage from Crossing the River of Denial. I used to thank God for putting OA in my life. Now I thank OA for putting God into my life. I learned how to live. I learned that I could find self-esteem by doing worthwhile works. I learned the big book had no chapter into thinking or into feeling, only into action. My thanks to OA and following the clear-cut directions, it really saved this poor, suffering, oppositional, compulsive overeater from certain death, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Thank you all. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Janice P.M.
12: Well, good morning to you. And good morning to everyone. My name is Janice P.M. And I'm a grateful compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yeah, this paragraph is, uh, this is one reason why it is so important to identify. And I believe that's what we're doing. We're identifying with Bill here. See, because Bill, like myself, knew about certain people. And Bill knew about Ebby, he knew how he drank, you know, and he knew that, you know, if Ebby been, has been sober for two months, there must be some power greater than Ebby had to be working in Ebby's life, you know. And it doesn't matter whether the newcomer believes it or not, it's absolutely beside the point because I am living proof of it. I am living proof. I mean, you, you know, we all wanted proof. Like I always wanted proof. You know, that's why it's so important for you and I who are recovered, you know, to offer this to the newcomer. Um, because there is a power greater than human power. We, we wouldn't be here just because the first time, you know. I mean, if we could do this ourselves, we wouldn't have to be here and we wouldn't need another power another higher another power because I would do it. So it is so important um, you know, that we offer this to the newcomer. Because when we're talking to the newcomer, again, we are living proof. We're not telling the story that somebody else told me. I'm gonna be telling you how I was. Oh yeah, I was like that. And and this this is what happened. And then this is what I found, a power, whom I choose to call God, that did for me what I could never do for myself. This is so important because when there is proof, and I knew I was powerless because Bill took the first step, he knew he didn't have the power, he see he was completely defeated. Now he's in between steps one and two. You see, he's coming to believe. He's going to come to believe. And uh, Abby, by the grace of God, God sent him, sent Ebby, sent Bill Abby, and God sent you people to me, living proof. That I mean, we don't all say the same thing because we read the same. No, we, this is our experience. And uh, then with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice PM. Katie T., your turn.
15: Good morning. This is uh Katie Katie T, a recovered compulsive reader in South Carolina. And um I noted that uh like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. So Bill was defeated. Um and he saw that Evie had gotten to the same place. But when we look back a little, um Bill had been sober for at least three to four months in one period, fairly recently, right after a hospitalization, because he thought he, he uh, now understood his, his uh, problem. And for three or four months, the goose hung high, is how I put it. Um, and, you know, Ebby had only been sober for two months when he went to talk to Bill, uh, according to the big book. And uh, so he, so I, I question, you know, why wasn't Bill more suspicious of his presentation? If, if I mean, two months was nothing. Basically, I mean, any, any drug can stay sober maybe for two months or even Bill for four, but it was, he saw something different. Um, It wasn't just that he was sober, that he had a period of sobriety, but that this was a different man and he knew it and he recognized it. Um, Bill, but even then Bill had his um, startling experience in the hospital, his spiritual experience, but what. Is so important to me is that the big book then tells me something additional. And a little in a little bit after that, it says that he was plagued by waves of self pity and resentment and despair, um, even for the first um, period of time, maybe a year at least, and plagued by depression most of his life. I've I've heard, um, and this is this has been an ongoing problem for me that I've had uh, a tendency towards depression, and I know, even now, every morning. When I get up, I have to let God do a hard reset. I had my phone was going bad. I had to buy a new phone. But it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, I did a hard factory reset. And even that didn't fix it. But I I basically see this every morning. I get up. And some mornings, I don't feel like getting up. And I know there are other people who must have this same same issue. But I allow God, through prayer and meditation, meditation, um, to do a hard reset. And then I get up and my day is different and I go on and I'm able to work the steps and be a person in the world. So I thank God for Ebby, for Bill, for every one of you on the line, because this meeting has been so important to me. It's part of my hard reset every morning. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Katie T. Melissa C.,
13: Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Penny. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so I think about, like, how many times I have had conversations with people um, who were, um, who looked different. You know, for me it was always the weight. So, you know, um, and I had a friend who showed up who lost some weight and i was you know struggling i would sometimes have these conversations like what are you doing um and i i've done that countless times you know um and then but really what happened for me um was that i reached a level where i finally got it through my head that it wasn't a diet that i needed i didn't need to buy some other product that someone else was selling um because I was the product and I was broken. I needed you know, I needed something more than just like a spit and shine. I needed a total overhaul and um you know, so yeah, thinking about like society about to lock me up, well, you know, I wasn't gonna I wasn't necessarily gonna be locked up um in that way by society, but Um, without feeling, like, real sorry for myself, the world is not a a loving, kind place to a fat teenager, to a fat woman. Um, And you do begin to feel locked up by society. That was my experience. I I couldn't go places that I wanted to go. I didn't fit. Physically, I didn't fit, and I didn't feel good. And I was, you know, living in a way that I was, like, sequestered to my couch. And... Um, and barely could make it up and down the stairs, and you know. So when I went to the doctor for the last time, and he pronounced me incurable, he said, "You're not going to make it out of your 40s. You know, look at you. You're you're morbidly obese, and you're just keep getting bigger." And of course, he also wanted to sell me something. Well, what happened was, I I went to a meeting, you know, um, and I and I saw and heard. People that looked healthy, they looked alive and they didn't try to sell me a new diet, they didn't try to sell me a product. What they sold me on was God, you know, was something greater than themselves. And and now I have direction for when I sit across from someone and they ask me, What are you doing? I cannot take credit for it. I must give it to a power greater than myself. Thank you. but that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. And Robin P. Robin?
16: Hi. Thank you so much, Penny, for your service. God bless everybody in your recovery. This is Robin P. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Vero Beach, Florida. You know, and, and I, I also believe that I've been raised from the dead. You know, I just, all I wanted to do was die. <sighs> It's uh and now
11: all I want to do is
16: live. Wow, how do you explain that? I have God bumps even just saying that to you. And um, I just my prayer every day was please God take me home. I just don't want to be here anymore. And I don't feel like I haven't felt like that for a very very long time. Thank God. Uh, I've I've been abstinent about. Three and a half years now, thank God, one day at a time, and and that being, you know, being raised from the dead, you know, taken from the scrap Uh that's that's my experience, you know, for somebody who all I did was focus on please God take me home, I just can't bear to be here anymore, to to focus on doing a service to God and my fellows and to making a difference and. That I can feel that you know, with my sponsors, with meetings, with uh, just friends and family, that that I show up and I and I contribute and I matter. And um, I didn't ever matter before because I was just so isolated and alone with the food. I was a burden. Um, you know, what are we going to do with robbing? No one asks that anymore. Ever. They just say, "I'm so glad you're here." Wow. Anyway, I'm so grateful today. I'll bless you all in your recovery bypass.
0: Thank you, Robin P. And now we have time for one um, or two short shares. Who would like to take that? Lisa B. Shannon, M. Darian, okay? Okay, Lisa B. I'm sorry, this is who I heard. Lisa B. and Matt M. And, um... I might have to cut you a little short, Matt, but go ahead, Lisa. Good morning.
3: Can you hear me, Penny?
0: I can. I sure can.
3: Thank you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for all the powerful shares. Um, I wanted to identify in, I like that word raised, meaning elevated to a higher position, and then that word dead, You know, synonyms for that would be lost, lifeless, or sleep. It also means complete, absolute, outright, total. And um, it's all I knew, you know. It's all I knew. And it was really hard to imagine a life that I would be elevated. But even though it sounded so enticing to be elevated, it was so frightening for me because comfortable being comfortably numb and being comfortable with my previous life Um, even though it was so painful it's all i knew so when i came in here and even though i had been exposed to 12-step programs and aa and the big book it really wasn't until i met someone in whom the problem had been solved that had the same first step as me the compulsive overeating Um, and they helped me understand the illness And that, you know, I had heard in AA that the disease resides in my mind, but until I really was able to identify in that this is so true as a compulsive overeater, that the the credits that I had received in AA, if you want to call it that, they don't transfer over. I had to have a whole new experience, a whole deep and effective experience of really identifying in as who and what I am. And I couldn't cut corners and skip chapters. I really had to go to the preface and the title page and start from the beginning. And I had to see what it means to be elevated up, that that's through doing the 12 steps. Through doing the 12 steps, being entirely abstinent, I have an experience. The big book promises me that if I take action in the three areas of Recovery, which is in the doctor's opinion, in the first 164 pages, unity, which is found in fellowship, and service, which is how I feed my spirit in carrying and doing service, that I can become whole. And it was like a whole new experience for me. So I'm so grateful. And today I am elevated up. But I had to first have complete, total, outright um, that I am powerless over this. And that the scary thing with this illness is that I could actually live to be 100 years old, never get recovered, and still be a functioning person for me. I was a high-functioning, dead and dying compulsive overeater. That's just where I was. And I am so grateful today to have tapped into that that source, source inside of me that's revealed that gift and that light that's inside of me. And now I can go out and be a vessel and be a vehicle for that. So with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lisa B and Matt. I have two minutes for you. Can you do that?
17: That's yes, Penny. Can you hear me?
0: I can go ahead matt thank two you,
17: minutes thank you for your, thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt. I'm a compulsive other eater from New Jersey. I just wanted to share like you know um what I learned you know all the times I've been in the room so many years, almost uh eight two thousand seven over ten years, and I've learned that um I'm not alone. And I'm not the only one in the room. There's other people besides me. And it's a good feeling, you know. When Abby first visited Bill, and Bill realized that wow, he's sober, and he he never seen him that way. You know, I was in a relapse, and people saw me um, in my, my worst. And now, I'm starting to see myself back on track where I'm supposed to be. And I'm grateful that you know, I have I have today because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So this is the day I want to live in today because I could project, I could be in next week, I could be into tomorrow, and I forget to live in this day, the one day only. You know, one day, one day absent. I can't live on yesterday's recovery. I have to, like, if someone says, you know, I started zero, you know, and when, when that clock hits midnight, you know, I start all over again. You know, so each day is a new day for me to find recovery. And I'm grateful that I do have this program because it saved my life. And I'm grateful I'm still here. There's a reason I'm still here. You know, God has a reason for me. And I, I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to question it. But I'm just grateful I'm still here because there's so many reasons. I look back on my life that I shouldn't be here. And I'm very grateful that I am. So I'm just wanted to say that and I wanted to say how grateful I am for this fellowship and the program of OA and AA because without them I wouldn't be here. With that I pass. Thank you.
0: Yeah, they we're glad you're here too, Matt. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody who helped out with the meeting today. Patty F, Alana M, Pete B, Madelina, Irini for being in the in the wings, waiting uh, if we needed you. Uh, Leon B is going to be the newcom greeter, and then Leah S is going to S will host the second hour today. Please join us for that second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, February 27th, 7 a.m. is 12,595. One, two, five, nine, five. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Madeline R. please read that selection for us?
18: Yes, Penny. Hi, Madeline R. recovered in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.